0: This is Dan, and you're listening to the Holy District Podcast. So, we are starting today a new series on um, Advent. And my wife is laughing right now as she's sitting across from me. I have Brooke with me today.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: Because um, she started dancing after I said, and you're listening to the Holy District podcast with the music in her back head. Not in her background. There's nothing in the background. <laughs> what is happening? Just... I don't know. But we're going to continue on anyways. So we're starting a series on Advent today. And I love Christmas. This is my favorite season. Um, I always want to put the tree up early. And you never do. I'm not putting you on blast, but I'm putting you well, on oh you're kind of putting
1: me on blast, but that's all right. I feel like here's my thing is turkeys don't go away before Christmas or before Thanksgiving. Sorry, that's what I meant. And like I want my fall stuff out. I want like my leaves and my turkeys and my pumpkins to still be out during Thanksgiving. So we did compromise this year though.
0: Did we? No, we
1: put up the trees. We didn't do like the full Christmas decor, but we did put up the trees.
0: Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to have, um, I didn't want to have the trees or put everything else up, but you, when we were actually putting up the trees this last weekend, you kind of wanted to take down all your fall stuff.
1: I know. The thing is, it's hard to share space with like pumpkins and trees. But we're doing it. Here we are.
0: Sharing space, making peace (laughs) between the holidays. (laughs) Um, okay, so we're talking about the Advent. Let's dive in and kind of begin to talk about that. Um, just some like fun questions to get started. Um, we're going to dive into the Christmas story in a minute. But uh, did you do an Advent calendar growing up?
1: So I grew up in church and I feel like during my Sunday school classes, we would make like Advent calendars and take them home and, and do them um, like frequently at home. But I The thing that I remember about Advent is being at church and we had candles. I don't know if you did this, but there were candles to light every Sunday morning in church. And then you lit one every week. And then on Christmas Eve, you lit the fourth candle, which signified it's like the four weeks leading up to Christmas. It's the... Awaiting of the Savior, the yeah. arrival of Jesus. And so, Isn't it
0: called, that fourth candle called the Christ candle?
1: Yeah, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. That's what I really remember about yeah. Advent.
0: Got it. Yeah, there was a wreath and candles. So I never did an Advent calendar growing up or Advent. The church I was a part of growing up didn't do that. Um, but uh, we did have a candlelight Christmas service or Christmas Eve service. Yeah,
1: I think a lot of churches that. Yeah, those are special.
0: So... Uh, there was where, <laughs> there's one year, you didn't ask for the story, but I'm going to tell you anyways. There's one year where my brother, um, he, uh, we were at church during a Christmas Eve service and he had dumped his candle and the wax started melting mm. onto the floor. Yikes. And like, so we melted the carpet of the church from the wax I think someone started a fire one year too. A I'd have fire to, in the church. Yeah, I'd have to ask my brother. It was one of the four of us.
1: I mean, I feel like so. every young kid doing a candlelight service. Oh, like they make that, me nervous. Like the wax just leaks down onto yep. your hands when yep. you're holding those candles. But...
0: Well, and you get that paper too high, it'll get <laughs> the paper piece. Well, okay. so growing up, there was a paper piece around the candle to protect your. We're hands really from going hot in wax. depth here about a candlelight. Nobody service. else cares. <laughs> um, I care, but anyways. So you didn't do an advent calendar? I
1: don't don't think I did a calendar. That surprises me. Yeah, Mm -hmm. knowing your family, Mm -hmm.
0: I would assume that your mom would have done some sort of advent calendar.
1: Yeah, I don't know, maybe.
0: Okay, what about? All right, what's your favorite Christmas carol?
1: Um, I love "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas." There's nothing better than judy garland singing that song mm. oh
0: i mean there so are good. better things than judy garland singing it but yes well you know it's a good song
1: it's just a very heartfelt song for christmas what about yeah. you what do you like
0: that was definitely one of my favorite ones um but like uh jesus wise it would be "O come O come emmanuel mm.
1: that's a good one too
0: i love that one yep you
1: have, you have that distinction of like christmas song and jesus song
0: yeah. Well okay. I said Christmas Carol. And so oh, okay. both of those are Christmas Carols, but like mm. Jesus Christmas Carol. I
1: like a holy night. That's if what I, I had to pick for. a Jesus Thanks. one. Yeah. The o holy night.
0: We're in church, so you do.
1: <laughs> okay, here we go.
0: So um okay. Funniest Christmas memory.
1: Honestly, I was like contemplating this question and I don't know if there's really like I can't remember funny memories. I really? mean Christmas comes with lots of funny things but I don't ever remember anything nothing sticks out I guess hmm. I don't, do you have a funny memory
0: you were a very serious family on Christmas
1: right? yeah very very serious no jokes. I okay the I guess the maybe not funny but this was fun about my family so on Christmas morning um, We had gifts, you know, that had come from Santa in the morning and they would be laid out all across like the living room floor. And us kids, you know, would have these gifts and they would like say from Mrs. Claus and from Dasher and Dancer and from like Elf something or something. And um,
0: forget the other one. I hope you're going to say what your parents always...
1: Oh, gosh. What's the other one? Moopsie. Oh, from Moopsie and Poopsie. Yeah. Yeah. That's what my parents called themselves. Like, when we opened up Christmas (laughs) gifts on Christmas Eve, they would, like, address it from, like, Moopsie Moopsie and Poopsie. Poopsie. Yeah. It's so funny. So, So, I guess that would be a funny... We labeled our Christmas
0: gifts funny. I feel like when your dad becomes a grandpa, he should be called Poopsie.
1: (laughs) Can you imagine our children calling him Poopsie?
0: That would be really funny. (laughs) Okay. Uh, so, uh, last thing before we dive into our scripture, um, what is your favorite Christmas tradition in one minute or less?
1: Oh yeah. Okay. This one's very easy. So Christmas Eve, my family would take the night and we would slow down and, um, our traditional Christmas meal was a fondue. So we did like beef, fondue and you would all cook it over the table. So you'd, you know, stab your little forks with the actual raw beef and then you'd put it in the oil and you'd wait for it to cook. And it was just this way of like slowing down. And then we all go around and say, um, how this year has changed us and what we're grateful for. You would think we would do that on Thanksgiving, but we did that on Christmas. So, um, that would be my favorite tradition.
0: Good Good to know. I, um, my favorite tradition growing up would have been my... Uh, parents every christmas the presents had a secret code on them so
1: oh a code
0: yeah so no names like it was never written to daniel or to michael or joey or andrew it was written to something in like a b c d or one two how three, funny like, and so that we would never know whose presence was who
1: that's so. smart actually yeah Look at us! Look at us and our parents, just all getting creative with the way they label their gifts. I know, right? I know. So
0: nothing's as good as poopsie. (laughs) Okay, so talk to us. So we're we're diving into Advent because Advent means the coming or the arrival of Christ. Um, Really, it's the anticipation. Or um, Advent traditionally is about the expectation of Christ arriving. Um, It. Became a church tradition after Jesus um, went back to heaven, uh, came back to life, and then went away. And then the church developed this tradition of celebrating his birthday. And um, probably in the medieval church, if you remember from our future church series, we like walk through this. So in the medieval church, then it would have been like this tradition of Christmas uh, tying Jesus' birth to December 25th because. There was a pagan holiday that happened around the winter solstice. So Christianity came in and was like, hey, we're not going to do that. We're going to repurpose it, um, which in some ways is actually really beautiful and holy that like Christians were taking uh, like some of our work as Jesus is to take what is already there and rediscover sacred and to remake it and rededicate it to Jesus and make it holy um, for him. And so that's actually kind of really beautiful. So that happened. And then Advent developed into this four-week tradition beforehand with the lectionary, which is a plan of reading the Bible um, in church history. And it sections out like Old Testament, Psalms, epistles, or the letters, and then the gospel readings for that day. Each Sunday is laid out that way. So that is like Advent, where it kind of comes from so that everyone is catching up on the same page. It's about, as Jesus followers, anticipating the birth of Jesus and um, Is coming, just like the Jews um, in Jesus's day, and still those that are um, practicing Jews uh, would hold to like there's an expectation in an anticipation of a future Messiah. So Uh
1: um,
0: during that time, like Jewish boys and girls were being were growing up and being taught, um, someone is coming, someone is coming, someone is coming. And they would be told this as a young kid over and over, like there is someone that is coming. He is going to fulfill all things, all of these promises. He's going to make right, um, this world, and he's going to rescue God's people and be a blessing to God's people. Um, and he was called the Messiah, um, which means the promised one. Um, and so that, um, is what, uh, Jesus is called the Messiah, um, later on, not right when he's, some people call him the Messiah when he is born. um, And we'll discuss that as we get into this Christmas story. So over the course of the next four weeks, we are going to be talking about Advent. We're going to be having people on here and each person is actually um, going to pick a character from the Christmas story and reflect on the Christmas story from that character's perspective. And so we're trying to put ourselves into the shoes of the people in this Christmas story and go, hey, what would they have thought about the birth of Jesus? Um, How would they have approached it? What was the good news to them about the birth of Jesus? And um, what, based on what we're learning and what you're observing from that person's perspective and story, what are you going to do different this year? What is it changing for you? Um, All of those kind of things, and just make observations about the text. And so As each person reads this story, um, different things will be pulled out and it'll be approached from a different perspective Um, because we just, I want to take, we wanted to take, I'm saying I am, but it was all of us um, wanted to take the whole Christmas story as a whole and not just like one section, like Christmas Eve, you will always get the birth of Jesus and you hear about the angels and it's like, hold on, like there's parts the whole way through And the story is beautiful and good because of the whole thing and not just the part. Um, Because it kind of reflects humanity and our creation. um, So that sets up and points towards Jesus's new creation that he's bringing. So let's get started. Um, So Brooke, tell us uh, what character sticks out in the story and why did you choose them?
1: Okay, um, well, I chose the shepherds, so we're going to start there, and I'd actually love to pull up um, the Christmas story and read the section of scripture, Um, at least I'm going to focus on Luke chapter 2. Um, I know the Christmas story can also be found in, um, it's Matthew 1 and 2, right, Daniel? I think that's where it's at. Yeah. Um, yep. But basically, I'm going to read Luke 2, 8 through 20. Um, so if you have like a Bible or a Bible app, feel free to follow along. And then I'll tell you why I chose the shepherds. So here we go. Verse 8 in Luke chapter 2. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. So I chose to focus on the shepherds because, honestly, they remind me of neighbors, hmm. of nosy neighbors. Okay. Now, maybe they weren't, like, as nosy as probably, like, you and I are. Um, <laughs> come on. We've all been nosy neighbors at some point. Actually, Daniel and I have had our fair share of being nosy neighbors in the last couple of weeks. We have? Yeah. How? So Well, no, a couple weeks ago. There was um like paramedics out front oh, of our house. Remember, yeah. and we were. It was actually kind of sad because we were kind of worried about like what's happening. But yeah. um, one of our neighbors, I think it was maybe one of their daughters, um, was like rolled out like on a stretcher. I think maybe she fell and rolled her ankle or something. Um, but we saw like all these like paramedics it have
0: been more than rolling your ankle. If you...
1: I, yeah. I don't know. It was something. Who knows? Um, yeah. so like, you know, we are curious and we like go and snoop and we like go outside. And, <laughs> uh, the other thing was actually just last night because we got home oh at gosh. like 10 o'clock at yep. night and yep. our next door neighbor's garage door was open. Yeah. I've, and I feel like Neighbors used to do this to us growing up all the time. They would like ring our doorbell like really late at night, and my dad would like run down the stairs and he would just be like, "Hey, your garage door is up." Um, he'd be like, "Oh, thank you so much." But basically, this happened to us last night, yeah. and Daniel went to go ring the doorbell didn't of answer. our neighbor at like ten, yeah. and he didn't answer. We were like, "Oh no, what do we do?" Like, yeah. their garage door is open.
0: I know. I didn't want to walk over and press the button. <laughs>
1: Because then, like, all of a sudden you hear your garage, like, shutting or opening and it freaks out, out, right? So, anyways, all that to say, I feel like the shepherds are like neighbors. Hmm. Um, They were bystanders. They were living in this area and suddenly, you know, an angel appeared to them and all of this commotion is happening. Um, And they're curious, right? So they go and explore farther and what they end up witnessing is like huge, right? It's Mm -hmm. like this coming of the Messiah, the birth of Jesus. So, um, yeah, that's why I chose the shepherds.
0: Okay. So help me understand that connection. How are they, they're nosy neighbors because they were out in the field and then they came in. Or what was the nosiness of the shepherds? there? Well,
1: so they, well, again, maybe nosy is not like the right word to use, but they were neighbors in the sense that they're living in this space uh, that's close to like where Jesus is being born and they want to go explore, right? Just like you and I want to go explore what's happening in our neighborhood when we see something Um, happening, they were wanting to go explore explore the coming of jesus so Mm, curious probably would be the better word to use than like nosy um but we all know we have nosy neighbors right and it's a thing (laughs) Uh,
0: that makes sense do you remember uh, maybe you're gonna talk about this later but do you remember being in bethlehem
1: i yes i do remember being in bethlehem
0: and at the shepherd's field i don't know if you remember that piece
1: well i remember being there do you have a story here
0: well i was just thinking about that and like Uh, sitting there looking at the shepherd's field and then down into this valley where there were like sheep running around. Mm -hmm. And like, you see, like, if you ever get the chance to go to Israel-Palestine and you see then these uh, things that you read about play out, it's like, it makes it different because the shepherds would have been out on this hill looking out over this town. And the town has now grown Mm -hmm. to cover these fields. But um, wherever tradition says they were, it, it's just, I don't know, it's just interesting because they're like, oh, they could probably see the home that they mm-hmm. were, that Jesus... It's all
1: very much in proximity to each yeah. other. When you think about, like, ro- rolling fields of whatever, yep. like, you know, again, this is, you know, current day of where yeah. we saw Bethlehem, yeah. but it really is so close to each other. Yeah. You know, the coming of Jesus was near to them. Mm. Like, really near.
0: And yet they were on the outside.
1: Yeah, they were. Because
0: it's a, it was a small little village at mm-hmm. that time. Um... Almost when we're outside of something, it makes us more curious.
1: Oh, it totally does. Because we want to know. We want to see it. We want to know.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So talk to me about like what drew you to their perspective.
1: So I think the first thing is the shepherds seem to have no fear, right? Like if an angel appeared to me randomly in a field, I mean, I feel like I would be very shaken, if not like actually anxious. (laughs) Um, So they seem to have no fear. But... Um, again, I'm going to come back to this concept of curiosity. The shepherd's ability to be curious was um, what drew me to really leaning into their perspective. So in verse 15, let me pull that back up. But in verse 15, it says, um, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. (laughs) Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about, right? They were like, I get, let's go see it. Let's do it. And so um, there are those neighbors who step outside to see what the commotion is all about. They explored, you know, what the angel had told them. And they didn't take it for face value. They wanted to actually experience mm-hmm. Jesus. They wanted to see him. Yeah. They were told a Messiah was coming, but being told was just like not enough. It was the experience there. And so I think that curiosity of wanting to be near Jesus grew their faith.
0: What a really unique perspective um, that I love their curiosity. Like you're saying, I had never thought about that before, um, about how they wanted to, they had to go find Jesus and they had to be near to him or they wanted to so badly. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had an experience like the shepherds where um, you wanted, you were curious about Jesus and you wanted to go get close to him? Um, or like at church camp, you saw something happening and you wanted to go over there and find out what it was and you were surprised, or maybe you felt a pull towards a certain situation or person and you then later looked back and you saw Jesus at work in that or already there.
1: Hmm. I mean, I've definitely had multiple instances throughout life. I'm trying to come up with like a very specific, um, story for you, but I mean, Honestly, I, you know, I've been moved to tears before and, you know, being like in the presence of God, just simply out in nature, just like noticing God, like in the water and like through like being in the mountains and stuff like that, um, where it made me want to like walk (laughs) and like be curious and like pick up leaves and like touch the water. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. experience like the goodness of creation around Mm -hmm. me. So I feel like that would be. Yeah. something just right off the top of my head that I would think about
0: yeah how do you think curiosity can help our faith
1: I think um, if we are curious about <coughs> um, if <laughs> excuse you, um, you? If, yikes um, if we're curious about people it's a lot harder for us to like hate people in my opinion in my opinion I think that we yeah. can learn, more about people um by being curious and asking questions um and then the more we learn and the more we know the more that we can love Mm -hmm. and our ability to love is better Mm -hmm. and so yeah that's what i would say
0: that's really good um i'm thinking of like this last sunday when we were together with our um holy district team we were talking about advent In this upcoming um, Advent season. And Mm. um, a statement got made that uh, faith isn't the certainty. Faith is the anticipation. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, that's probably true because like curiosity is um, in some level it creates anticipation. Because you're like, oh, I want to know. I to go. You want to learn. And people who I would say people who have an immature faith are those that aren't curious.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: They're not trying to grow. They're not trying to see what is the spirit up to now Mm -hmm. and where is he working? It
1: becomes like apathy, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a way of being lazy. Yeah. Um, and when we have that like apathetic attitude towards our faith, I think we do stop growing and becoming more holy, right? You know, if our goal is to become more holy and if our goal is to become more like Jesus, then we have to be curious about Jesus.
0: Yeah. That's good. Um, so, uh, moving on, the next question what gift did Jesus offer to this character and how did he change their life?
1: Yeah, so speaking to the shep- shepherds, I think Jesus offered them joy. Um, I'm trying to let me pull up the passage again one more time because it says that he came to bring um, joy. Oh yeah, here it is. Okay, so it's, a, it's verse 10, but the angel reassured them, don't don't be afraid. He said, "I will bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. And I think that this gift that um, Jesus did offer was joy. And so mm-hmm. these shepherds got to experience Jesus as their neighbor, being born into their neighborhood. Um, how, I mean, I'd be filled with joy, you know, that would be so exciting. And again, you're like this neighbor that's wanting to explore and go find out more, like how much would you be filled with joy? And so forever they have this like story that Jesus was the Messiah born into this world on a peaceful evening in this neighborhood. Hmm. And so that would be a story I would tell a lifetime. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I also think, like, what's really unique here with um, the shepherds is the fact that um, they're outside the city um, and outside of society at that point. Uh, shepherds are seen as dirty and unclean. Mm. They were the lowest job in society. Um, but they're the first ones being told <laughs> about the good news.
1: Mm. You know? Yeah.
0: Um, and I wonder, like, did they know they were the first to know?
1: That's a great question.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to guess um, they probably didn't. But then after they met Jesus, they probably realized it. Hmm. Like, because like when you're a shepherd and you're the lowest member of society, you're sitting there going, why would I be the first one told? Like there are so hmm. much more important people. There's so many yeah, more Yeah, they're like tending things. to their
1: sheep yep. and all those things, yep. you know.
0: And so it probably like had to be such a weird experience to be sitting there and an angel appears in the sky or in front of them like however it played out in reality and then they're going to jesus and i'm wondering if they think okay like there's gonna be a really big crowd we're gonna be at the back like you know
1: Uh we're not gonna
0: actually get to see him but we're gonna get to say we were there they had
1: the front spot yeah i don't know if in in your nativities or whatever if anyone has nativities it's like you've got the shepherds you've got the wise men of course mary joseph jesus and an angel right like, you don't see, like, a ton of other people there, you know? They got a front row spot to the birth of Jesus.
0: Yeah. And do you think that would be life-changing?
1: Oh, it would change my life for sure. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: And so, like, do you think would that, uh, would you have responded, now knowing that information and the perspective that you have of the shepherds, would you have responded the same way as they did?
1: Yeah. I mean, so that's that's just what I was going to talk about is, like, you know... Th- this good news that got brought to them you know they couldn't help but share mm-hmm. they couldn't help but take that and and be um you know this this bold like brave like people to be able to say this was the messiah and I got to meet him yeah. i would tell everybody of course mm-hmm. well i even again alluding back to like when we go and explore things in our neighborhood I go and tell people all the time, like, oh, this happened in my neighborhood today. Like, yeah, probably not the best thing to do. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. you know, this one would have been like the best thing to tell.
0: Yeah. I think what's cool, too, about this message um, and the story of the shepherds and that they got included first. Um, well, I, let me ask you this and see if you know uh, or have a thought on it. What do you think, like, through this story, is Jesus or Luke, who's the writer of this story, trying to tell um, humanity? Like, to tell you and I today? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, again, my, my perspective of, like, the shepherds, even prior to this year. I mean, I've been reading the Christmas story in scripture for a while. And I think I always thought that my perspective was... That they were like really quiet and meek and like they came and they sat at the feet of Jesus. But like they were bold and they like, you know, got to take that out into the world. And so um I'm trying to think if I'm answering your question here. But yeah, I think that there's this mix of like, you know, boldness, but also like softness to the shepherds. And yeah.
0: Do you relate to them?
1: Absolutely. I mean, that's like my life. You know, Mm -hmm. I've always been a person that's said like, I'm not super crafty with words. Like I'm very, you know, um, I've always said, oh, I'm timid in certain situations. Um, and I've had to say, no, like I'm, I'm, I can be soft, but I also can be bold and I also am brave. Right. And so I think that's why I relate to the shepherds so much is that they have this like, um, perfect paradox of sorts of like they're bold and and meek all at the same time meeting Jesus um so I think this would have changed my life in the sense that if Jesus invited me to the front row seat I would have felt very important
0: yeah see this so I'm so glad you went there that's what I was thinking Mm -hmm. was huh like I do think it's interesting that Brooke picked this character based on our conversations because uh I feel like you would absolutely relate to this character Mm mm-hmm um, because you've told me over and over, like, sometimes you feel forgotten. Yeah, you feel definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and the shepherds felt that way. They and definitely they were forgotten. Have, yeah. and they overlooked. Um, and then you're king and like they were given a front row seat mm-hmm. and the good news for you and for all of us that are part of the Holy District is we're given a front row seat mm-hmm. and we're being given a front row seat to the work that Jesus is doing on this earth. Um, simply because when we go to the spirit and we ask what wants to happen next, Mm -hmm. we're already then being shown, here's the work that Jesus is doing. Here's where he's breaking into the world. Mm -hmm. And so the good news, the gift, um, for you, for me, for people who feel forgotten this season or in their life is you're not,
1: you're not, yeah,
0: you're invited, Mm -hmm. you're included and you're part of it.
1: I think that's what I love about, you know, the Christmas story. You can read it over and over and over again. And there are these like characters, but they were real people in the Bible. And um, everyone can relate to them in some way or another. All you need to do is just lean in a little bit more, be a little bit curious and see what's um, how you can relate to that. Because Jesus is inviting us into the whole Christmas story because he's here. To be good news, not just for the shepherds and for Mary and for Joseph and the innkeeper, but for you and for me and for all of us.
0: Hmm, That's good. So as you think on having read the Christmas story um, from the perspective of the shepherds, um, what is it practically changing for you this year?
1: Um, Mm -hmm. Like,
0: how can you take this uh, perspective of boldness and bravery and being invited in? um, And what are you going to do with it Mm -hmm. this Christmas? Um How can you help how how do you plan on helping um, people this year who maybe feel forgotten to be that know that they're seen?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this, but you know, we have lived in our house for two years and barely know our neighbors. And so when I think about Jesus being born into our neighborhood, like the image of God is represented in our neighbors. Hmm. And, um, what if Jesus is being like metaphorically born into our neighborhood, um, this Christmas season and how do we, um, let our neighbors know that they're not forgotten about that we haven't forgotten them, even though we have, we've lived here for two years and, um, you know, we've, we've decided that we wanted to create Christmas cards and do kind of a a little gift for our neighbors this season and and drop them off at the door. But, um, You know, I'm not just saying that to toot my horn and say, Yay, I'm getting to know my neighbors. But I want to be able to not just like knock on their door and leave it, but to knock on their door and ask them questions and to learn their names or get their phone numbers. And that will happen over time, I'm sure, those relationships. But um, that would be the practical thing I would say we lean into this Christmas, this Advent season.
0: That's good. All right. Well, um, Brooke, do you have anything else like you want to add about? Uh, Advent or Christmas this year. Um, like what do you hope for the community with Advent? Um, how do you help our Holy district community sees Advent differently this year?
1: Yeah, I mean I think I would just encourage you know anyone in the community if, if you're if you're a you know, Jesus follower listening to this podcast and you, you might be saying, oh, I've already read the Christmas story a billion times and forget that you can actually spe- experience Jesus in this. Um, My hope would be that you would be able to relive um, the hope of Jesus through this story. Um, And be curious. Again, I'm going back to that concept of curiosity. Be curious because people will know our love by the way that we talk to them and ask questions and act. And um, I think there's so much more room to love when we're curious. Yeah.
0: Even the way we invite them in.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Into our own lives. mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. The
0: shepherds were invited into the story. Yeah. So... Um, All right. Well, thanks for that.
1: Thank you for listening to the Holy District podcast this week. In the next few weeks, you're going to hear from some of our Holy District teammates on different perspectives of um, different characters in the Bible story over this Advent season. So we hope that you join us on this journey. And um, we're also gathering and we're so excited to be gathering. And so um, if you live in Arizona or you are in proximity to us, we would invite you to be a part of what we're doing. And so um, you can message us um on our instagram or facebook you can find us at rediscover sacred and you can visit our website as well at holydistrict.org if you are curious about what we do and who we are so we are all about um, rediscovering the sacred in everyday places um, that we already live and work and play so um, thanks for joining us today and we'll talk to you next time